Now she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aisa. She's ready to go to the stars. This is the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. It's mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. I Captain. And now, our host. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav. This is Pixie. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. Your podcast of being a superhero because you've got a secret. It's oat freaking meal! <laughs> you didn't hear it from me. <laughs> secret certainly describes it. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. This week, we are continuing our series of playing Fringeworthy in somebody else's intellectual property. And in this case, we are talking about the world of the Animorphs. Yes. We, and are we again turn the mic over to Professor Josie, who will school us on this strange world filled with people with secrets and how the Fringeworthy may come into contact with them. So, uh, Josie, is there anything else that you could tell about Andalite technology as far as... Because apparently if they have genetic manipulation um, down, their medical science has got to be through the roof. Oh, they're, they're... Oh, yeah. They could probably bring back people from the dead with, like, something akin to a, you know, you know the Star Trek there hypodermic, is... you know, in the neck. Oh, they, they have medical and biological sciences down pat because... And this actually resulted in the Andalite question being disgraced. But they created what was called a quantum virus. To oh, that sounds like a good thing. No. I roll. They, they, they saw because this is while the war with the Yerks is going on. The Yerks were invading this home, the, the homeworld of the, the hork Um, we'll go with that one. Okay, let's. I'm looking here for zero space or Z space. Uh, okay, white dimension where the time or space exists. It can be passed through using a certain type of technology, allowing for instant, faster, and light speed communication via the Z space transponder and faster light travel. Special Z space engines are needed on a ship for it to travel through Z space, although one can enter it via black hole if one survives. True, you gotta, you gotta withstand the gravity. Although the Andalites discovered zero space, the Yerks quickly adapted after sealing some of their ships in the Horde Chronicles. Mm -hmm. Z-space is also important in morphing because that's where the excess matter goes when someone morphs into a smaller creature or matters retrieve one more nasty. Such as a human morphing to an elephant. It's once thought that matter just clumped there in its basic elements, but in Book 18, the decision, when the Animorphs morphed into mosquitoes, they discovered that the person, minus what was added or take away from morphing, is kept in their regular form there. It is important to note that Z-space is constantly in a state of flux, so Z-space is dead. Z space routes that could take one day right now may take a month or ten years later to travel through. 
This is why the Andalite fleet, despite being informed of Earth's invasion, cannot arrive quickly. Also, there is an astronomically small probability that a ship flying through sea space will come in contact with a massive being and more. Generally, due to the velocity of the ship, the being will be killed. However, if caught in the wake of the ship, it's possible for the beings to survive. However, since sea space is not a conducive to life, a being would die unless rescued. Hmm. So it sounds like it would just suck them through into Z space? Um, let's say you're flying through Z space and all of a sudden there is that anomaly. It's me having turned into a dog. I'm going to have to expel half my mass to be like a medium-sized dog. Right. So if the ship goes by, does the wake pull the rescue into Z space? Then is that's what it's starting to sound like. It, it does. Yeah, it does. It it's okay. So in this particular instance, the the more where you're at, effectively, time is halted at that point. So I just my physical your, form would be there, but I would just be physical form is there. Time is halted at that point for, for for your perception as well as the time as well as the ongoing timer your mind is pulled to the the form in z space and the the ship will hopefully pick up on it pick yeah up on you the, there's um, a form out in z space sir get it on board now right pull it in and get to an airlock and yeah right okay. this happened to the animals and they that's how they ended up assisting with the the lira invasion problem okay <clears throat> the morph back on earth the the distance between your, your z space mass and your the morph yeah. form is like stretching a rubber band there's only so far you can stretch it before it snap back. Okay. And it pulls you. Uh, and in this, in this. So you tug on one end or the other. If a ship gets near your Z space mass, you're going to snap there. It's a very possible chance you'll snap there. Okay, but otherwise, as, as that ship with you hopefully on it gets farther away from where you are, from where your physical form is, then you're going to disappear. You're likely to disappear from where you are in in Z space and snap back to the to the physical form. Okay. All right. All right. Let's try to get back to adding Fringeworthy to this. So you have your ID yeah. come through. Yep. For the purposes of the game, they have to use the Escafil device. Let's say they're they're well. Let let's. Let's say they don't necessarily have to, but they, they can see the utility in it. Yeah. Uh, being able to morph into any cre any potential creature they encounter, the, the sheer recon potential for that. Oh, yeah. Do we have the ability to absorb DNA from an animal and become that animal for a little under two hours? Yeah. Stun a local creature. It's still alive. Yeah. You don't harm the creature. Most IDET teams, once you and explain what an Escobar device is, they'd be like, oh. Right. Let, let me touch. Let, yeah. Let, let's go with the location we set, that the, the polar bears with an attitude. Yeah. That polar bear's looking at us funny. Yeah. 
they'll notice something's up. Yeah. Of course. Well, polar bear with an attitude could just be, you know, a polar bear. an uppity polar but, bear. But if you but wanted to they, make it that it was an anamorph there, and they got you back to, okay, we got back to where the Escafil device is, and you realize yeah, I get to be like, like ooh. It, it's the, you could sort of tell, you, you would be able to tell the difference with, with any halfway decent perception that, there's something more than bear behind those eyes. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, if I'm getting close enough to look a polar bear and see how it's looking in its eyes, I'd become. If like, it's not mauling you. Yeah. There's something more than bear there. Yeah. No, it did say. I have to remember. I was looking at it. I don't have it up right now. It did say Arctic, not Antarctic. Because if it was Antarctic, you'd go, no. Very cold to the loss, other than Eskimos and polar bears with an attitude. So, Eskimos. Those were Arctic circle yeah. type. Yeah, polar bears on the north ice cap only. But yeah, so yeah. Eskimos, that would be, it is somewhere along the extreme northern part of North America. You know, well, okay, Eskimos, technically, that also includes portions of of Greenland, includes portions of, of, of Russia. There are, there are Inuit, and yes, it folks. It just says... Well, still, that doesn't cover the entire Arctic Circle. It could be rough. But it, it could be. I, I do need to say something, though. Yes, we are using the term Eskimo. Yes, we know the original proper term is Inuit. Well, Inuit is actually in one area. Then you also have others, Alouettes and others. So Written in the book. Yeah, we're not, we're not trying to be offensive here. Yeah. I uh, just want to get that out there. Right. Wherever they are, they have their own proper terms. But they're not going to be that far up the Arctic Circle. I mean, uh, they're because they, they still need water, and if you know, and uh, well, of course, the way things are melting these days, sure, they can get farther up. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, but yeah, right now we're talking uh, probably above the Arctic Circle, but not much farther above because I think it's really hard to live up there. Yeah. Not much further above, but definitely cold. Well, no, Arctic Circle actually comes down a decent part into right. Canada, the northern part right. of the... I still yeah. I reiterate, cold. Yeah. So <laughs> you get there. Interior of northern Canada is pretty much devoid of people. Well, remember, most of... <laughs> ni remember, 90% of the Canadian population live within 100 miles of the United States yeah. border. Yeah. <laughs> Because the rest of it is cold <laughs> and ice. Uh, oh, interesting. You know, you, you know where I would, where I would put the portal. Then it, it might it, it might when you use duplicate portals. It's in the same location as another one on Earth on Earth Prime. The Richardson Mountains. Yeah. You know, they liked it. The, the northernmost Rockies, basically. Yeah. Okay. So, so that would be in you, Western Canada, up there in the Yukon. Well, if you do that, yeah. I could easily see that happening. Yeah. You know, they, they liked the areas. They put another one. They, they did it again, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. Why would it bother the Termeller and John? They're covered in fur. <laughs> right. Yeah, but they're not covered in fat. <laughs> Damn it, he got me there. <laughs> it's they're like, covered in fur, and yeah. there's no people around. Right. Well, hardly any people. But yeah, let's say, okay, an IDET comes through. They're seeing 
that there are indigenous yeah. and yeah, Eskimos, Inuit, and polar bears with attitude. Now, as I said, if, if the IDET determines, okay, these polar bears are not coming running at us, they're just looking at us like, what? <laughs> they're going to know something's up. And that starts telepathically talking to you. <laughs> one nudges the other, and one nudges back, and they start doing things like teenagers would do. No. They're a little more sensible than that. Yeah. But I'm, I'm still seeing that they would come through this portal, uh, sense what's going on. And first of all, if the Animorphs will take it off the bat, they're not French. So you just see these people... Well, first of all, they're going to come through. First of all, the wind just up. Appeared out of well, no. First, you always send through the wind up, which is the, the mechanical clicky clack does all the tests mm -hmm. and realize, okay, the temperature said it was like 15 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, this is Arctic temperature. Yeah, so they just break out the winter gear. So you have, you know, a half dozen people coming through in Arctic gear out of nowhere. Right. Is it nowhere? I'm looking at. Uh... You know, it doesn't say if it's a ring or if it's a uh, or if it's a por a a, a, um, a warp. Interesting. Well, yeah, in that case, it would be. Oh wait, that's in the uh, that's in that book. What does it say in the French worthy book? Well, the the negative three prime page I took out of French worthy D twenty. Yeah, I just replaced. The, the up to positive and negative six pages from the portals book with the ones from D20. Mm -hmm. it, it just said, well, it just says PL1, which that would mean these Eskimos are still living a very, they, they've not been, and I'm going to use this term again, they've not been assimilated into white culture, quote unquote. Well, so, nowhere, they, why yeah. would they? Yeah. Well, no, most of the Inuits, like in Alaska and all that, they, many, Plus, like the igloo art and all that, they live in three well, houses. The, the, the ones yeah. that are described in the animals definitely have a lot of yeah. that. Well, if yeah. it's in the if it's if virgins in mountains, then within fifty miles, there's a there's a uh, settlement, and it's pretty much buildings and cars and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. But if we're going with as it's described in the book, they they haven't lost the whole igloo yeah. thing. But um, I like igloos. Says the person who's allergic to cold. Yeah. Like I said, maybe ice, but I like them. I like how they look. Yeah, but if it's set in the '90s, I can see how people might think, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Eskimos—they live in—they live." No, even in the '90s, they were moved. They had already moved into uh, huts and uh, into buildings and stuff like that. So it's uh, yeah, it was all. Yeah, I mean that was pretty much, and it is in Canada, very much so in Canada, because the Canadians said, "Yeah, we're going to civilize you." Oh yeah, the, the First Nations, as they're called up in Canada, we call them Native Americans here in the U.S. Up in Canada, they're known as the First yeah. Nations. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> they come. The idea comes through. They after you know the the wind up comes through, does its measurements, goes back. I think right there, some robotic mechanical vehicle peering out of nowhere, doing a lot of clicky clacking, and then vanishing, rolling backwards and disappearing. Yeah, that's already drawn attention. Yeah, 
And then here comes half a dozen or so people dressed in Arctic gear about maybe 20 minutes later. Or a vehicle comes through. I mean, you know, hey. You know. Right, exactly. Yeah, the, the, the Muscovy or whatever. If anything, I know what the Anmars would do at that point. They'll think something's hidden there. Well, yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll go to investigate immediately. Because that that could be a a, a, a year. cloaked year a cloaked year face. Yeah. Oh, that means in, in, in until okay. Is there a way to determine a year's presence in a person unless you see like weird behavior or something? Is there any yeah, way unless you see weird out of character behavior? No. There is no way. Uh, or unless you have than, telepathy and you read, like genetic bioscanning stuff, or telepathy, or, where you're reading that the yurk is running. Yes, John, because they're going to have the cat unless they got it like a tricorder. But, yeah, but no, normal, normal straight human. No, yeah, there is no way to tell. He could have one right now. We'd never know. Yeah, pointing to her, her cousin Jeff who's sitting with us this evening. Um, <laughs> it's the point of the thing. The yeah. person sitting next to you could be a year, could have a year in them. You'd never know. Yeah, until they do something which would disprove that that's, that's not who that is. May look like them, may be acting like them superficially, but I just asked them what was their mother's maiden name oh, and they no, don't know. Oh, no, they have all that. Oh, that's right. They access, total the access to the memories. Yeah, it's it, uh, it's it would have to be something so out of character for them that it's that a year reverts to its normal personality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of them like do. a a very timid person all of a sudden blows up and has a meltdown. Yeah, okay, that's mm -hmm. not them. Yeah. So, let's say these animorphs who are in polar bear form, they find this portal. They stand there. They wait, and the vehicle comes through with the IDET team inside. Mm -hmm. So these Animorphs are seeing five or six humans in an SUV roll out. And it's like, meanwhile, these polar bears are right up close yeah, to this vehicle and looking. Is. Yeah, they, it's like polar bears usually don't do that. Polar right. bears would run when they see a vehicle like that. That's just mm -hmm. how polar bears are. They'd see this massive SUV coming. They're like, we don't want to be around here. Right. But they'd be. That's how they roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think there, there would might be, be interaction the, going on, just the, looking on. Okay. interaction going on. And you might notice the polar bears acting oddly because they're kind of. They're trying not to look obvious that they're investigating the area, but they're investigating the area. Yeah, the fact that there are two polar bears right there looking in the window, going, giving that look two like, what are you? Two like five. Yeah. So, well, if you had moose, you'd have to have squirrel, too. Yeah. Plotting big trouble for moose and squirrel, yeah. Oh. Well, let's see. Given given the fact that most of given the fact that most of the animorphs, larger morphs, come from the local zoo, are they going to have this there? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Nature's 
preserve. Yeah, right. most likely. Yeah, the, that, if they're up there in polar bear form, it's because they are looking for something. Yes. They're it's not there. like that area of the world is a natural vacation spot. They would have to be up there with a purpose, i.e. already checking for yerk activity. Yep. And then all of a sudden here comes first here a mechanical comes. device and then SUV full of people driving literally out of nothing. Right. At this case, I think the Animorphs would probably test their hand and go, okay, yeah. They're, they're not shooting at us. Yeah. Uh, they, they might try and talk to them at that point. Yeah. When they realize, okay, they're just kind of staring. They're not shooting. Yeah. Yerks would have been shooting by now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Decent uh, survival experience with no, a oh, okay, polar bears. And there's five of them. And they're not, and they're not fighting each other. Yeah, no, that's another thing. Yeah, right. Remember, yeah, bears. They can be pretty territorial when they, they get can going. Be yeah, territorial, and these are essentially five identical polar bears. Ooh, that would be a oh, that would be true. You know, but it, it polar bears have very very little markings that you can check. But you know, if someone would make a good perception or notice check, we go wait a second. Those polar bears, yeah. Look at look at the eyes. Look at the shape of the eyes. They're all the same polar bear. At that point, someone there goes, Meller, and they're wondering about whether they need to pull guns out and start shooting at that point. Well, unless they, unless right? they have Cokes in their hands. By the way, John, as far as being a natural uh, vacation spot, you do realize that the Japanese culture believes that making love under an aura borealis will produce superior offspring. <laughs> Just saying. There's all kinds of vacation no. spots. No. No. But that's in Sicily, though. Sicily, you know, Sicily, Alaska. That's just where they went. Uh, sorry, 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 Pixie. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to ask my parents. Are you sure that was in Lincoln Park? Yeah. Anyways, no, I won't put up with code for that. No, no, no. Uh, anyways, so the the IDET is there, and they see these polar bears, and they realize that. Something's rotten in the state of Denmark. These are all very similar polar bears. They're not fighting each other. They're all adult size, and they're all scrutinizing us intently. Yeah, and so here, so you know, experience. I hate to say this, experienced friends really team would really go, okay. Um, I think they're Meller. You you think they're Meller? Well, they're they all look the same. They're all working together. Um, um, someone grab the pang, pango. You know, amp amp. And, and, you know, give them a squirt and we'll find out. <laughs> so great. So the Animorphs are there and all of a sudden they pull out this furry six-legged anteater that spits at them. <laughs> using and, using them akimbo, right? <laughs> One in each hand. That's probably when you hear loudly, what the fuck? Yeah, you especially like them to be, a, you know, we have a cold at the same time because then they have extra phlegm. Oh. No, 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 the, no. the, the pangolins, yeah. if you're using two of them, <laughs> say hello to my little yeah, friend. The fact that they can move after being hit at that point, it says, oh, they're not Meller. What the heck are they then? Boss, boss. <laughs> have, have it spit at them. 
the, the, the equally loud, that's big response. It's like, great, I just got loogie by an anteater. Yeah. Yeah, I think at that point, you're like, okay, these polar bears are telepathically speaking to us. Melor don't do that. Because the other test, I mean, there is one other test. You know, that's one that most people don't re- don't don't realize you can do. If you have a cr- crystal key that lets you do cutting, it also cuts Meller, but it won't cut. But it won't cut them, and it will cut them if they're in a form. So if they're in a form, you pull the thing on, say burn, and it burns them. They're Meller. Yeah, that is very good, John. Nobody has yet in the last thirty years ever tried that in any of my games i'm amazed that is you know of course usually they're pretty crystals are pretty rare in my game but nobody has ever bothered to ever try that they're all like let's just spray them with the anti-meller you know stuff just in case instead of saying well you know the worst that would happen is it'll give it'll knock them out Oh, we visually, I mean, you know, when we, we, when I first play tested it, one of the first things we did was, well, we did the thing, we did the thing test, you know, poking with a, poking, poking with a stick and see if the blood, you know, uh, keeps on moving. If it's red blood or white blood. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. We were thinking thing. We weren't thinking Miller. We were thinking thing. Yeah. Like the, the movie, the thing. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, like who goes there? Thing from John from John William Cam- uh, John John Carpenter's version, yeah, yeah. Yes. Or, or yeah. Ian Campbell's original version. They did that also. I mean, that's where, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so once you determine they're not Miller, then then then, it, and of course the holding a pangolix will make them will probably make the uh, animals think. Wait a second, you got an alien? Well, it's not an alien per se. It's from Earth. Oh, gee, let's see. Human. A six-legged furry anteater. How are they not aliens, John? Because they're from Earth. They're not originally from Earth. Neither are neither are most breeds of dogs and cats. <laughs> I mean, unless of course you want to say that all worlds connected by the fringe paths are Earth, and therefore it's always from Earth no matter where it comes from. Right. Because they're all alternates of Earth. Pretty much what Richard said. They're all Earth. Yeah. I know well, that. Yeah. The point is, there. As far as I'm concerned, there's still an alien planet that's just very Earth-like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In this case, to the animorphs, this six-legged anteater-like thing just spit at them. Oh, you've got an alien with you. I would think at that point, other than you know, brash teenagers going, you know, they, going, you just spit at you me. You just spit at me. Your pet just spit at me. Yeah. Yep, yep, not pet. Not pet. Well no no. It it'd be it like talks. the meme it would Josie would be like the meme. But did you die? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's like uh, him saying not pet, it talks. Yeah. So I think after that mutual realization, okay, neither are a danger, they explain who they are. Let's say for one reason or another they decide to use the Escafil device. Now, it is nanotech that changes your DNA to where you can absorb other DNA and turn into a, a semblance of the creatures, the, the, the owner of that DNA. Since you are being changed on a genetic level, that is something you take back with you through the fringe paths. 
You have been changed on a genetic level. It is just like if you gain a superpower on a hero world. If your genetics are changed, it's permanent. You are there on the fringe paths, walking through. You can do this. That was the one thing I wanted to check. Yeah, because it's it's not no, it's not a disease. It's not it's not going to kill you, which is one of the things that would get reverted. So you know, so it's not, so it's if, if it's a benign change, it, it's not going to revert it. So, yeah, so this is a benign change. Um. Hmm. You know, I'm wondering if 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 a yerk so spreads himself out over the brain, would you consider them to be individual neurons? I don't see I don't a yerk know. spreading itself out. I see it it's, just it's, getting up in there and riding on the frontal lobe or whatever. It, it, or, you know, it, it uh, spreads itself out into the into the cracks and. But it's still together. It just flattens itself it really flattens well. Itself. It like yeah. plants itself so it surrounds the gray matter. Yep. It counts as a parasite, which means you get to take them along with you if you go back through. Ooh. Yes, because that's fringe worthy needs. Another creature that controls minds and can spread throughout yeah. the fringe rats. No. Yeah. No, no, just absolutely not. You say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> anyway, let's say the well, because it's nanotech. You take the escapade device. Oh, let's take it back to Earth Prime, and it shuts down because you. Right. Soon as it goes through the portal. Here we here we were talking about what powers the escapade device, though. Yeah, and what I don't think what powers the device itself. I I don't think they ever. They they don't state what powers the device. That can determine if the device itself gets knocked yeah. out. Because a lot if it's if it's Tremelin. If it's Tremelon, it's actually powered. All, it feeds off the fringe, for the most part. I mean, basically. Oh. I mean, the, the, it, otherwise, you have to figure out how do some of these devices last for thousands of for a thousand or more years and keeps on running. If there's no other way of keeping it running, other. Well, I mean, there's things. Well, there's things like zero point module technology, and you know, I'm, I'm looking here to see. Well, something of that level of, of technology, you're going to have that level of power source. Yeah. Well, you know also that if you have something that's a native superconductor, then it doesn't take much power to do it, and it could actually run off of ambient uh, heat. So it's not, you know, and especially if it's so-called computer core, you know, is what we talk about na uh, nanotechnology where it doesn't require constantly being refreshed. And so it becomes a very, very low power device that can be easily supplied by almost any source. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if it's nanites, they're probably going to be built to just absorb ambient heat and light. Right. The biggest thing they're going to have to have is the ability to repair themselves. Otherwise, nothing lasts 10,000 years yeah. except a big block of granite. Let's see. Yeah, the morphing technology's exact function is not known, but it is speculated to be a vast network of thousands of microbionic units. These units would be contained in the Esquivel device, the central computer for the smaller morphing units. So basically, so basically Esquivel device infects you with the, with the nanites. Well, I don't think it infects you permanently. Just long enough to, to do you up a treat. Yeah, it changes your genetics to where you can absorb other DNA and take on the principles of the, the donor. 
they're basically uh, computer uh, mechanical viruses, uh, retroviruses. They go and rewrite rewrite your DNA and then leave. We just talk about yeah, we were talking about that possibly, it, or maybe the nanites create in you retroviruses that allow you to morph. Yeah. Well, they basically go through and rewrite your DNA so you have this ability, and then you. Yeah, basically, it does it does molecular level genetic engineering. Yeah. So the question is: Is Z space something that's unique to the Animorph universe, or is it something you will find other places? It sounds like a variation of hyperspace. Oh, that's a good question, Josie. Let's say, yeah, you have the Animorph, you have the morphing technology, but let's say you go to a world that doesn't have anything akin to Z space. If you want to change into a flea, you're going to become a human-sized flea because you can't... You can't change the mass. Yeah. Ooh. You can't, you can't send the mass anywhere. Right. Or you'll be a human-sized elephant. Yeah. Right. Whatever you morph into will be just rearranging the mass yeah. that's there into... So there are form. still drawbacks to taking this there. I mean, yeah, I want to become a bird. Fine. You're now a five-foot... You know, five and a half foot tall eagle with hollow bones. <laughs> yeah, but you would still be able to fly. Yeah, you still have the same weight, and you'll still be in proportion as a human. For a human to fly, you would need bre- you need um, breast, you know, chest muscles like like a turkey has. To yeah, so you're moving into a normal eagle. You probably can't fly. You're too hit. He- you're too heavy. Yeah, you're 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 not proportionally resized to be able to fly. Yeah. Yeah. So you would have the, and you would be much bigger because the turkey, because the eagle has hollow bones. Therefore, you'll probably be taller than what you are right now. Yeah. Yeah, like, like I said, it, it's it's rearranging. Yeah. And you have a wicked beak. And wicked claws, so you still be dangerous. <laughs> but you'd be spindly. I mean, that's how their bodies are shaped, except for the the breast area with all the muscles. The rest of their body is very slim and streamlined, and their legs are very the small too. So you know, it, it's I'm saying you you'd be very spindly, like a pterodactyl kind of. You you might be able to glide a little bit if you jump off of something tall enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, but true flight, no. Or go fast enough. Run faster. I mean, keep keep in mind the fact that people who are flying with those squirrel suits, they don't have that much surface area. Okay, and they have been able to come in and land on water and be land safely without actually having to use a parachute. So oh, no, I've seen I've seen those videos on right this minute. That is messed up stuff there, these squirrel suits. And you're looking you just flew over a mountaintop, you know. The, yeah. yeah. Those- but the point here is is that if you uh, you know, if you had the ability, you know, I mean, if these creatures are tougher than normal human beings, then they could probably t- you know, take take a a lot faster landing than we could. Yeah. And with the flaring that you'd be able to do with those huge wings that you would have in comparison, if you are human sized, then yeah, I'd say that you, you wouldn't be a soar, you'd be a glider and you could probably still do it. Yeah. You might have a glide ratio say- of one to five, but still you can glide. 
It's better than a glide ratio of, of a shuttle, which was one to two. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, even then, you know, you get up draft, you can go for a while. Yeah, that's just. But yeah, I can also see them using it more along line. Well, the way the Miller use it, you know, you shake hands with the with the town mayor, and then later on, he's off someplace else selling selling doing things. Yeah, it would still be good for more. It wouldn't be so much animal morphing, but it would still be good to morph into other people. So that the, it would still be useful on other worlds for the purposes yeah. of recon. Mm-hmm. And an IDET yeah. team, that would be the one thing that they would have learned from the Mellor. It's like you shake their hand, person passes out for a little bit, walk away, they wake up, you're gone, and now you can pose as them. Right. If only in physical form, but still. Mm-hmm. That's enough for recon. Physical form may be enough because... Yeah. All you need to do is just blend in. You just have the right clothing, and yeah, you go in. And they actually be good for places where you realize, I mean, uh, say, let's say that the, the Mixie homeworld has something akin to Z-space, close enough that it will work. You know, maybe maybe hyperspace can work in their universe. That's close enough to Z-space. Well, yeah, hyperspace is, is hyperspace, so if you have... If you got hyperspace on another world, yeah, then you can do so, it. So yeah, then that, in that case, you can go, you know, touch a touch a gin mixie, and become a gin mixie. That would still be very concerning for a lot of humans to do. They really have to psych themselves up, well, because you know, humans' because natural affinity spider, and because they're also suddenly confronted with the natural instincts. Yeah, I was reading about becoming an andalite. Was it uh, Jake? Sony realized Andalites are optimistic, instinctually optimistic. Incredibly optimistic. They, the the greatest optimist on the greatest optimists on Earth have nothing on the Andalites' optimism. Ah, uh, yeah. So you become a Demixi, and you know what? Those things you looked at in the in the in the Alice Springs uh, cafeteria that you went, hey, yeah, I would never try those. Oh, I want to try one of those right now. Yeah, give me the one, give me the one with the extra legs. <laughs> Hi. That, that was actually confronted in the first book of Jake morphing into a lizard. He's got a spider in his mouth before he knows what he's doing. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Think Jeff is done, <laughs> and all of a sudden he, he comes back. He's there, like, "What are you doing? I'm gonna gargle with mouthwash for the next." <laughs> but yeah, the the whole thing with the animorphs, fringe worthy mean the animorphs, the fringe worthy, the ident would certainly, you know, it would be a boon for them because of the fact. Even if they don't get their hands on an Escaville device, the Andalites still have massive acts still has access to massive scientific knowledge. And I did they they could easily be considered an exception to Zero's kindness because they're easily just as advanced traveling to other worlds and whatnot already. Yeah, it's like wait a minute, you do dimensional travel, you've got you know, these little crystals that, you know, you can move these warps around and can hide and, you know, turn ethereal mm-hmm. and... Even if they want to 
even if they don't want to risk giving this ability to yet another unknown group. That still doesn't mean that Axe wouldn't trade other scientific knowledge. He right. just uh, isn't going to train. He is just isn't going to. He uh, wouldn't. He also Axe is is a cadet. He's not a full warrior. He is actually a cadet among his people. Yeah. He. He's a teenager. Yes, he is. Ah. By their traditions and whatnot, he follows the orders of his leader. Yeah. His prince. Okay. That, in his mind, is Jake. Okay. He will follow what Jake decides because that's their that's Antelite tradition. Yeah. I, I would say if you if you're going to try. If you know, if you're going to try to pass off as being, you know, being, you know, yes, yeah, I would say it's Ray's rule. Yes, we built this. Yes, I'm a god. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just so you can get the technology. Then then they later find out, oh, you lie. You didn't build this. You found it. (laughs) You know. Well, yeah, it's. Well, even then, I mean, the fact that it's like they're using these portals, they have they are they are able to use these portals because remember, the animals, unless one of them happens to be fringe worthy, they wouldn't see the warp. They'd walk through and they wouldn't go through the portal. It's like, okay, you guys have some type of predisposition for using this technology. And Axe would probably Axe would be of a high enough level. Oh no, it's quantum signature. It wouldn't be DNA. He would probably he, figure it out after he you know a little be bit the of quickest to yeah. figure it out because even as inattentive as he was, he, the, the typical teenage male in class, fascinated by the near, fascinated by a nearby female. He was still an Andalite yeah. who Andalites or even an Andalite child is probably centuries more educated. Oh yeah, than a human. Oh yeah. So he would figure out, he would do the math in his head and go, it's quantum quantum signature. Right. Which means you guys have some type of device either to determine it or you just all walk through the portal until you didn't come out the other side. Mm -hmm. Much like the con. (laughs) But still feel, Axe would probably still realize yeah, these guys have decent technology. They are well explored in dimensional travel, which X would probably be, as I said, he may not give over the Escaville device or use of it, but X would still be a fantastic ally to IDED due to his scientific right. and technical knowledge. He would be most willing to help them, and after seen the rest of the Anwars, no, we're not a threat. Um, who are these weird guys anyway? We're, we're interdimensional explorers. Our, our team's United Nations funds us. And of course, the kids would all know what the UN is. Oh, yeah. They so they're like, oh, okay. Of course, I spoiled the series for myself by reading what happened in the last book. So here's the big, here's the big question. Where do you put, put them in? Where in this series do you put them? At what, what timeline? If it's, if it's after the last book, I'm not even sure there's any, any more some meat. Yeah, this came out in yeah, 96. I think spoiler alert is kind of a... Uh. Even if it is after the last book, there may not be any any of the direct Animorphs to meet. 
But this is that's after humans and androids have basically full cooperation with each other. They're going to the stars together. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say still this, plenty this series, of, and and that would be after the year problem is dealt with anyway. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. This, this series came out starting in '96. I think spoiler alert's kind of a lost cause by now. Yeah. Considering this is a 20 plus year old series. Right. Yeah. But. That's like, kind of like saying spoiler alert to the Empire Strikes Back. Really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and there's plenty of fanfic out there that that plays with it too. So you know. But but still, I would think that adding Fringeworthy to this Animorphs world would be beneficial to an IDEC campaign, just because the scientific knowledge, the the concept that you know. Earth Prime would get a lot of technological scientific boons from this one andalite. It, even if it's just him, yeah. And even if you place it after andalites and humans have basically kicked the Yurks off of Earth, even if you place it after that, what's not to say you won't find a fringe worthy andalite? Yeah. And they and if they and if, especially if an, if you meet someone other than Axe, who's a, a, a more adult person, he goes, "Oh, interesting. What? How does this crystal key work? Bing. Oh, interesting. Let me analyze this. Hey, I okay. You you know. Let me play. Kick, oh, it's biotech. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. You come back and within and yeah, I would say within a relative short period of time, say, okay, give me the key tree. Bing. It glows. You're fringe worthy. Yeah, we figure how to make it, how to make people fringe worthy. I would think that Andalite science at that point would probably be able to alter quantum signatures. And you, you, you look in people's faces when you tell them that you can make people fringe-worthy. That's a game-changer. You think? <laughs> Especially if it's easy, relatively easy to do. <laughs> well, I mean, if the Andalites can do it, yeah, but... Would it be something that would be copyable by human technology? Probably not. No. Because it's very much likely there's stuff specific to the Animorph universe that probably ain't going to work on Earth Prime. Right. Yeah, it's, it's another one of those alternates with some alternate f- uh, physics. Uh, you know, considering that you have the ability to turn into an animorph and still be able to think consciously, yeah, I think physics a little bit, a little bit uh, skewed here. <laughs> well, not so much. I mean, look at the. Uh, no, they're saying. No, I think what John's saying is like, let's say you come back to Earth Prime, and you change. Yeah, you're still a human-sized duck, but the thought speak would not work. Well, no. Prime, not Earth Prime. Psionics works. It's magic. Works. Sci- the thought speak is It would still work. And, and yes. psionics works like ninety nine point nine percent of all right. worlds across the fringe paths. It's yeah. magic that's hit or miss. Right. More miss than hit. <laughs> so yeah, the thought speak would work. There, there wouldn't be um, the only way you could stop thought speak is through some type of side dampening field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would imagine, but there's other aspects of the. I mean, looking at some of the technology that they're doing and so forth, they go, 
Yeah, no, that doesn't that doesn't work. It doesn't work on Earth Prime. You know, some of the technology. So it could be that they have ways of doing it, but when you take it to Earth Prime, it doesn't work. Like what? Give me an well, example. I'm looking at their ships. And basically, their ships are your standard skiffy ships. That is, you know, they have gravity. They have gravity generation and crap like that. And unfortunately, that doesn't work in the real world. <laughs> You know, so yeah, it, it, had, it looks like inertialist drives to some of those ships. That does not work in the real world. <laughs> you know, on Earth Prime. So those are the things. So this world, this universe is different enough that yeah, the, 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 they can do here. You can't do back on Earth Prime from the looks of it. <laughs> the starships would not be copyable on Earth Prime. Okay. Your starships are based on the same thing, and what drives your starship is usually is based on technology you use for, for other things too. So it's quite possible that yeah, whatever he used to change your change his crumb signature to make him fringeworthy is can only be done on the Animorph world or worlds like the Animorph world. Yeah, but still, making the entire well, if the entire Andalite race can can morph. Making them all fringe where they universally fringe where they would not be much of a problem for them. Yeah, there's like there's like a very small percentage of them that can't morph. Well, you're going to have that in any any genetic base of a population. And, That's and why you have such the, things as wide, I would say that with the wide success of the SQL device, they determined that this extremely small percentage was Acceptable margin of error, basically. Right. Yeah. I would. I would figure that they would just be like, okay, they can't be. They can't morph. It's some genetic quirk. Well, of course, with with their level of genetic technology, after a while, they'll learn to breed that out. They'll see that. They'll see that as a birth defect, which they can just work out in a generation. Unless, of course, there's some reason you don't want to. Like, let's say that okay, ones who can't morph. They have other uh, other things that make them useful. The ones that can, especially after the Andalites start going into space travel and end up dealing with years, the ones that can morph usually go into the go into military careers. Yeah. The ones that can't, they'll do the scientific stuff where they're not put into so much danger because you can heal. You can get rid of the injuries by morphing into another form and then back. Really? It, because it, the, the body is based on the DNA. Physical injuries will, will fade. Ooh, that's a good trait to have then, even, even in worlds without Z-space. You just got shot in the shoulder with, a, with you know, an automatic rifle. Yeah, give me four minutes, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Change in any other form, the wound disappears. You change back into your natural form, the bullet hole is gone. Yep, that's a handy ability to have. Right. I, that would also be why those Andalites that can't morph aren't usually placed in military yeah. roles because there's a risk they'll get seriously injured. And yeah. There's one actually. They have a very derogatory term for for him, but there's one that's lost his tailblade completely. Yeah, and that losing a tailblade is... They would rather die than not have it. They would rather die than lose their tail. Actually, one thought this crossed my mind, because we're talking... Because it sounds like not only are they 
modify not does the Escafil device modify your human DNA? It's got to modify all the other DNA in your body too. I mean, literally, it's got to modify all the stuff in your gut. Because if it doesn't, what happens? To, yeah, if you turn into a termite, what happens to all that biota in your stomach? Well, remember, all the human DNA is put in one of those little micro cold everything little molecule everything, sheets. Everything that you are is placed into one of those. So that little nodule droplet is chock full of everything, include your mitochondrial DNA, your human DNA, your. Well, John, it's the same thing. Like I said earlier, you leave. When we talked about leaving the strands of your baseline DNA so you can revert back, that's all that that little micro-cold bubble is. Leaving pure strands. Leaving the pure strands so you can revert back when you're done. It brings up the question then, if you then turn, if you have some sort of disease and you anamorph and you anamorph back, does the disease go away? As long as it is not genetic in nature, yes. Okay. So if you're so if you have a if you if you got a viral attack you're kind of screwed you're gonna still have the viral the vi if you have the flu you're gonna still have the flu yeah but if you have a cold which is more of a bacteria growing inside your sinuses and giving you a bad time eh, that might not you know I don't think that would survive it but no you're not gonna want to try and morph when you get a cold anyway because during the, times the, of emotional the stress hybrid morphing. So the next question comes down. You've been to a planet. You, you've been to a world, and you well, you got a new friend living in your stomach. He's six foot long. What you know? If you if you morph, does he go away, or can you morph into him? <laughs> I'm not getting a reference if you're trying to get one. You got a tapeworm. <laughs> no. no, but if you morph, would you get rid of him? Especially, if, especially if you morph into a, a say an ant. Uh, I would say no, John, because just like all the other parts of your body that are unnecessary to your new form get hidden in uh, Z space, so would the all all that all your bacteria. Matter of fact, is that that'd be one way of you curing kind of in, in a temporary thing, curing yourself of a deadly disease would be that you. I, I'm not really curious, but if you need to give yourself respite from a deadly disease, then by turning into an anamorph, you'd be cured of it for a while, and then you could come back and then go back to it in your real body, and um, and maybe your body would be strengthened as a result of some relief from the whatever it is that the disease is doing to you to continue fighting it. Right. Because. Because but you wouldn't get rid of this stuff until you finally naturally got rid of it. If it's depending on if it's a viral or a bacterial infection, walk through a portal and then it's gone. Right. Yep. Well, I'm thinking in terms of it isn't if you're not fringeworthy. Uh, also, if, if there's a you know like there's an anti venom, anti serum, whatever, and it's not right there, well, turning into an anamorph allows you to then go have the time to reach the place where you can get proper aid, and then turning back, you then become succumb to the disease again. But now you're in a place where they can properly treat you. So that does sort of imply that when you whatever animal you touch, best be a healthy animal then. Because if you touch an animal and gets and gets the and copy its DNA and it happens to have a debilitating disease, 
If it, as long as the disease is not attached to the DNA, you will not constrict the disease just by it. Diseases have to be attached to your So genetics. if you have feline leukemia, you touch that cat who has feline leukemia, you're not going to get feline leukemia. No. Because it's not a genetic it's disease. Not a gen it has to be a genetic disease right. for it to persist. Yeah. And that leukemia actually attacks specific organs. So you're touching, if you're touching its skin or, you know, or whatever you touch, its paws, you're not going to get through there. But if it's some sort of, if, if it's some sort of skin disease, that might transfer at that point. But again, if it is not a genetic disease. And it's not in the part you touch. Let's say I walk, I'm an anamorph and I, you know, gain, you know, touch somebody with eczema. I doubt I'm gonna get ex I doubt I'll get eczema even if I. First of all, I'm not gonna touch them on the part that has eczema. No, is because it's it not a genetic. Is it a genetic disease? No, eczema is not a genetic disease. Then, a, then you will not have it. Yeah. It has to be genetic for it to persist through the morph. Yeah. That was that was laid out flat in the in the series. Yeah, there was there's an andalite with a ge degenerative genetic disease, and he he's taking care of the aforementioned cripple missing half of his tail. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So morphing doesn't help him because the disease is attached to his genetic. Oh, and here. Oh, I just thought of something. And this would apply to me and Josie, since she and I are both autistic. Mm. That is a genetic disorder. I can trace mine back three generations. Mm. You touch somebody with autism, all of a sudden you've got the altered perceptions and whatnot of that autistic person. Mm. To be honest, if I had this ability, I'd go find someone who's nice and healthy and young, copy them and turn into them, and then eat ice cream. Because I'm a type 2 diabetic. <laughs> 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 yeah. Have chocolate. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of things that you could do more readily if you could morph into a young body, don't you think? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Having fried chicken and having fried chicken and and ice cream and chocolate. Yeah, that's something I really wanted to do sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I must say you just mentioned some of my favorite foods right there, so. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry you can't eat them, but boy, they're they sure are good. But darn it, Bruce is willing to pick up your slack, John. That's the type of buddy he is. Well, I can still have chocolate. I usually have around 85 percent uh, chocolate, so it's, you know it's very little sugar in it. It's just well, it's like one of my former gamers, John. John, like one of form, my former gamers said, life is too short to waste by eating bad chocolate. Come on. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. My, my right. answer to all these things is portion size. Yeah, right. You don't have to give up anything as long as you eat it properly. Oh yeah. And of course looking at this at this website, I didn't realize my opening joke, I didn't realize how appropriate the opening joke was. Because I'm looking at human earth technology, earth human technology, EGS Tower, Battlemorph, Oatmeal. <laughs> okay. Um the oat is listed there because of an interesting effect it has on what has, what was termed human controllers. A human with a year in their head. Okay. Uh, 
ingesting a particular type of oatmeal, um, I believe inst- instant maple and ginger oatmeal. Instant maple and ginger oatmeal. It negates the it, it negates the need for the year to go and feed off Kadrana rays. Really? Oh. But it also drives them insane. To addiction. Oh. They want oatmeal. Originally, Dissu 3 wanted to use it to reduce his people's need for it because the Animorphs had destroyed one of the portable Kadrana. Yeah. But the he it was determined the cost was too great to... Yeah, you don't need to bathe as much, but unfortunately you start gibbering like an idiot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that risk-benefit analysis thing going. Yep. And the fact that the invasion was supposed to be secret. Yeah. They couldn't have their they couldn't have them gibbering like idiots. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of bad when you're trying to be on the down low. Yeah. Mm-hmm. During a battle at the Yerk Pool, the Animorphs managed to throw several barrels, and where do you get barrels? of instant maple and ginger oatmeal into the pool. Oh, phallic move there, Animorphs. They basically, the Yerks had ordered a lot of it because they had seen the initial benefits without, the the downsides didn't immediately present themselves. The initial benefit was, oh, this works, let's get lots of it. Yeah. Or like they choice. used a dracon beam to explode it. I'm not sure exactly what that did. Causing some yurks to be infected and giving them a distraction. Yeah, you just gave them meth. Crystal meth. And yeah. <laughs> it, it blew the barrel apart, sending oatmeal all over the pool. Ah, so like I said, you gave them crystal meth and then walked away as they went, da, ah, yeah, bah, yeah, yeah. Which, at the time, had at the time, this year three was busy flailing about inside it, and given the, given how andalite bodies feed, oh, through their hooves. Yep, he he could have absorbed it through his hooves, and that distracted everybody. Hmm. That's the last thing they need. They're they're general gibbering like an idiot. Well, yeah. Sucks to be you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I think we can. We've kind of explored all the possibilities of mm-hmm. bringing Fringeworthy into this universe. As I said, I mean, I've heard of the books, but I didn't. You know, I've heard Animorphs. I you know, you're walking through, and I'm dating myself here. B. Dalton and Walden books, and seeing these books on the YA shelves. Uh, and just, I'm like, and okay, I'm like, it's cute. Yeah, young adult science yep. fiction. Okay. Of course, Josie, you know, picked it up and absorbed it. And so when she said to do this, I, I was like, okay, yeah, interesting thought experiment. And we seem to have picked it apart pretty well as mm-hmm. far as if an IDET were to sit there and get involved with this, mm-hmm. what would be the most logical outcome? The effects that it would have on the Fringeworthy team if they were to get their hands on an Escapil device. And even just... I would think if you do place it during the time that the invasion is going on and you do get and they do get into contact with the animorphs, the animorphs are going to see the this other group as combat ready with massive firearms and high technology of their own. Yeah, combat ready with massive firepower, the technology that could easily match the Dukes. 
Oh, no, the Animorphs would see these guys as allies, yeah. They would see them as allies. Their own need for secrecy, and the... Due to the initial assumption that the morphing technology was only held by the Andalites, the Animorphs are assumed to be a group of Andalite bandits fighting back, basically stranded on Earth after the dome ship was destroyed, and they're fighting back against the Yerks. That's what they're seen as up until tail end of the series. Okay. Due to the need for that secrecy, they may... Uh, and the fact that they don't want to be seen as having humans involved in any way, they might debate the, the merits of giving them the ability themselves. Yeah. But still, I'd say, yeah, you're fighting as, uh, okay, yeah, let's say... Guerrilla tactics. Uh, well, let's say you're 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 the animorphs are there using animalistic abilities to fight the Yerks and their human thralls. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a certain time. It's like, okay, we need to go in here. We can't use guns. Oh, look, we have our friends here who come with M16s all the time. Yeah, okay, let's you know. Yep. Yeah, we need firepower. Um, yeah. Hey, can you guys help us out? And, of course, they'd be like, okay, we helped you out. What are we going to get in return? And, you know, Axe is going to give them some scientific principle they can take back to Earth Prime and pick it apart. So I think, yeah. They... Axe would not act without approval from Jake. Well, even then. It, they, they, would, they would probably do something like that, but... I, I see the Andalites through the Animorphs and IDET doing sort of a trade and technology agreement. Oh, I could see them doing that, especially when more Andalites actually get involved. Yeah, they would realize it's like, okay, these guys have access to dimensional technology and other biotech things. Oh, no, the Andalites and... They are sufficiently advanced and... Well, especially in the later campaign, remember, the the humans of Earth Prime get up to... They're at PL5 in 2013 when they find the fringe paths. Mm -hmm. Then they get up to PL6. By the time you're at the late campaign, you're well into PL7 which is anti-grav technology and whatnot. The Andalites would see the humans of Earth Prime as up-and-coming technological peers. Yes. Who just happened to excel at dimensional travel and exploration. Mm-hmm. So it'd be a win-win for both sides. Oh, yeah. Even in the early campaign, it's like, wait a minute, you guys have this hidey hole, you have technology, you have, you know. Mm-hmm. The Andalites would still be like, okay, yeah. Right. All right. They have promise. I remember you said they were the eternal optimists, so yeah, they would be like... They've advanced on their own. They're peaceful explorers. Yeah. Us allying with them is no threat. It's not a threat to Zero's kindness. Yeah. Okay. So I would think, yeah, this would be... This thought experiment would work out. Adding Fringeworthy to the Animorphs universe would be a decent, at least a decent one-shot adventure, and maybe down the line, if you wanted to add it, bring them back later, yeah, they could get... And because we placed it so relatively close to Earth Prime, even in the early campaign, it would still be a boom. Obviously, we are using the late campaign, and even it would work even more just because they would have advanced a couple of tech levels from early to late campaign. So, 
yeah, I'm seeing this as win-win across the board for both sides. It would be a decent addition to a fringeworthy game, even as just a one-shot adventure. Oh, one-shot Even without giving them the the anamorphing ability, Uh, just having technological allies so close to Earth Prime. Mm -hmm. Obviously, again, if you wish to put them on a different Earth, your choice is just what Pixie chose based on what she saw in my big blue fringe folder. I choose based on what I know of the world and what what sticks out in the book. Yeah, right. This one jumped out at me, and... Yeah, when I realized you put it so close, I'm like, oh, Oh, this this might be a game-changer in and of itself, and then I realized the world could be locked off until later. Right. That's the GM's call to lock off which worlds he don't want necessarily to have players get into right away. Mm-hmm. Depending on the timeline and just depending on the timeline and tech you, level yeah. and where you want to take it, right? All right. Of course, if players <laughs> players are players, yeah, we've learned that. Yeah, always have five backup plans and then about ten more for them. Right, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, um, so yeah, adding Fringeworthy <laughs> to gone. the Animorphs universe is an interesting thought experiment. It could be seen as a lot of fun. And as I said, the address for the wiki is anamorphs.wikia.com. And wikia is W-I-K-I-A. If you want to check that out and see what all these various entries are about, go ahead and check it out. If you guys decide to do this thought experiment, say, you know what, this sounds like a decent one-shot. Let us know on the various ways to contact us. Fringeworthy RPG fans on Facebook. On the Podbean site, which is tritechsystems.podbean.com. iTunes, if you get this podcast through that, put a comment there. Uh, Let's see, the Google Groups, which John monitors religiously. tritechgamers.com. Let us know. Give us feedback. As I said, we love feedback. That helps us help you even more. So we will have more for you guys next week. But until then, this is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait, you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at Tri-Tech Games. And if you don't, We'll be having your sorry butts, cause we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.